Welcome to the Offseason Podcast. My name's Sean. I'm here with my co-hosts, Petty and Dre, and we've created a show that straddles the line between the creative and health and wellness communities to spotlight the similar conversations we saw happening in both circles. It's a platform for storytelling, exploration, and learning for anyone who wants to grow, reflect, and take advantage of the off-season. In today's episode, we explore the idea of being stuck and how it affects the narratives and stories that we tell ourselves. Whether it's a constant feeling or a plateau, we share moments where each of us couldn't shake the feeling of being stuck or how we get in our own way. We hope that our conversation inspires you to look at the narratives you're telling yourself and gets you thinking about how you can flip the script. Let's get to work. So this is going to be take three. (laughs) Taking it from the top. And... Action. <laughs> okay, so how are you guys feeling today? Anxious. No, anxious and nervous. <laughs> Patty's, Patty's no. anxious and nervous because this is take three. Um, unfortunately, we had a technical error the first round and then we totally lost ourselves the second round. So here we go for a third time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm anxious and nervous um, uh, and excited. I guess I'm feeling all the feels um, because I'm I'm excited about what we're going to get into today. So, yeah. What about you, Patty? How you feel? I'm, I'm anxious now. <laughs> I'm anxious now. When it's free-flowing and we're prompted and listening, I'm like, this is this is good. And now now that I have thoughts and things I know I want to touch on and whatnot, now I'm like, okay, make sure you have your list. Now you're today. two in your head Yeah, now, now I'm two in my yeah. head. I need to do something like off the cusp. And it's that's okay. okay. We'll get there. How about you, Dre? We'll How get do you there. feel? Um, I started off a lot more anxious during the first two takes, um, but now I'm just having fun, and I think I got rid of a lot of that anxious energy. Um, so I'm ready to get into today's conversation. Awesome. So you want to tell us what that is? I absolutely will. Um, so something that's come up in conversation a lot, particularly this week, but I'm sure it's been present for a lot of us, maybe even longer than that, and it's this concept of feeling stuck or feeling like you're in a rut, whatever word you want to use. Um, that could be in your personal life, career, your your life in various different ways. Maybe it's not one area of your life, but today we really wanted to look at what does it actually mean to be stuck? And I'm going to throw that to Petty. Okay. So to me, feeling stuck uh, in, I like it's something that's come up a lot in the past week, actually I want to say the past month. Um, in conversations and um, to me what I feel is in our world now in our society we're so focused on growth and improvement and just bettering ourselves Uh, and when we're not when we're not moving forward and we're not like up going trending upward we feel that feeling of like oh we're not going anywhere we're stuck Um, and to me it's like oh are we are we actually stuck or is this just a plateau or is this part of the journey and that feeling and being able to reconcile where that what that feeling is 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 that right so that is my definition and my take of what I'm getting from my experiences and people I talk to about this mm-hmm. um, but I think that looks very different for a lot of people because it can be physically right and I think this recent lockdown is is probably evidence of that like being physically stuck mm-hmm. here right yeah um, well and I certainly think that the pandemic has played uh, a role for a lot of us feeling this way. Um, but I, I actually love the, the concept of, of expect, expecting life to be linear mm-hmm. and, and hitting these plateaus because when I look back on my life, I feel like there's certain elements where I've just been plateaued for as long as I can remember. And some of those were self-inflicted wounds. Um, so for me, being stuck is kind of how I felt for the majority of my life. Um, when I was a teenager, wanted to play junior hockey, but my parents were like, if we're going to pay for your university, you're not taking a year off just to play hockey. You've got to find a way to do both. So I took a, a, a degree program at Ryerson, which would allow me to be closest to where I would play, but for a degree that I didn't really have much interest in. Um, and then that ended up translating into post-school a uh, kind of career that I was really unhappy in and that compounding on just general unhappiness with kind of where I was in my life um, resulted in a DUI that then led to more restrictions um, and unhappiness because I couldn't drive um, I couldn't do a lot of things so 
for me, that kind of resulted in a solid seven, eight years of not being able to control where, where I like certain things that I could do. Um, and so at a point in my life, that was certainly the story I was telling myself was that I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And I've continued to tell myself that story into my thirties yet. I actually, the things that were holding me back before are not holding me back now. And so in a conversation that I had with my therapist, you know, I had never worked with a psychotherapist before. Shout out to Jen. Um, but, uh, she asked me a simple question. She was like, are you actually stuck or is that the story that you're telling yourself? And when I started to reflect back on how I was speaking to myself, I was, I was, I was not happy with how I was treating myself with my own words. Um, and I have an anxious personality. I have an anxious mind. And so it was amplified in that sense, like to bring it back to our last conversation. So, um, I've really been trying to change the narrative, I guess, in my life specifically about how I'm looking at the things that I'm doing and, and the places that I'm at and realizing now that I kind of have the opportunity to change things. And what were some of the things that you were telling yourself? Oh man. Um, I mean, for example, like I got a degree that I didn't like. It was in geography. Um, and I, all I wanted to do was like, you know, creative stuff. And so I got into social media, I got into marketing, graphic design, photography, all the things that I'm doing now, but I haven't been trained. And so I'm always comparing myself to other people. I'm always looking at other people and saying they're better than me. And it's not because they are or they aren't. It's because, well, they probably went to school for it or they probably have something that like gives them accreditation to say you are this thing and I don't have any of those things so I'm like well I guess I can't technically be that so when I think about the stories that I'm telling myself like uh, imposter syndrome is a huge thing for me like it it's in the workplace it you know I struggled with body image my whole life like you're not good enough in that sense and so a lot of the way that I speak to myself is like it, it filters into so many areas of my life. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there. Patty, I see a deep in thought over there. Yeah. I'm just, what you're thinking about? Uh, trying to unpack the, like what, take in what Sean was saying about the stories mm -hmm. and how that relates to him feeling stuck because the stories, it sounds like the stories are what are kind of dictating the direction that you take mm -hmm. and that probably probably I mean it, it probably does have an impact on like what you want to do and what that feeling is like and like I guess on the control that you have over what you you want to do right so um I actually want to ask Dre like what's mm -hmm. your definition of feeling stuck uh yeah what what would you say that because definitely from what I hear from Sean is a lot of uh, mental talk and whatnot is mm -hmm. definitely contributing to also potentially physical feelings of being mm -hmm. stuck right so mm -hmm. what's your definition yeah I mean I definitely plays off of yours about like I think coming from this need to be moving forward at all costs um and I feel like I've been doing that all my life until about like a year ago two years ago or so again kind of brought on by the pandemic to kind of force to stop um which brings up a lot of uncomfortable emotions and I think yeah I think I just I always want to be moving forward and I feel like you know sometimes when I'm feeling stuck, it's because I feel like my, my wheels are spinning and I can't go anywhere. Or I'd use another example of, you know, in horse races, when the horses are in their, their cages and they're like getting ready to go and you're like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But I, I feel that way. And yet I don't even know where I'm going. So it kind of ties again back into that like direction piece. Like I would just be running for the sake of running, um, to feel better because at least there's movement attached to that. Mm. It's interesting. I, again, like bringing it back to the direction piece, like I think part of my struggle is that I've never really known where I'm running. I've always looked at people like my sister, for example, who's a lawyer and she's known since high school that she wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I still don't know what I want to do and I still don't know where I'm supposed to go. And while, you know, some of the work I've been doing with Dre certainly feels right and feels like I should be leaning into that stuff. 
um, I, I can't like visualize it. So it's like I'm moving or I want to be moving, but I don't know where. So whether it's tires in the mud or I'm in a hamster wheel, like I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, but like I'm not changing locations. And when I start to reflect back to the way that I'm talking to myself, a lot of it is because like I've been telling myself that I'm not worthy of moving forward or I'm not the right person to do this thing or I don't have the skill set to do, um, you know, this other thing. And so lately, you know, I've been starting to track my habits. I've been starting to track um, what I do on a daily basis. What's my mood? How did I sleep last night? Things like that. And now it's kind of sort of become this excitement for me so that I wake up and I'm like, okay, we're going to start checking things off the list. And I feel like now I've kind of got a little bit of momentum. I'm making some progress. Some of the things that we've been working on, you know, we're starting to see progress there and I feel like I'm contributing. And so that for me is like a light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, so maybe it doesn't matter what my mind's saying to me. It's the actions that I'm taking, despite what the self-talk is, and that can make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. What I hear there, too, is you get to choose that direction that the light's in. Like, this is a time where your sister said she wanted to be a lawyer and she knew what direction she had, and it's, like, very easy when you see the finish line. Whereas Mm -hmm. there was a finish line that you were supposed to cross, but you're like, I don't think that's the right line for me. So you're kind of trying to figure out where that line is. And I think this is a time where you found your first like checkpoint where you're like, that's the direction that I'm headed in. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, thinking to like conversations that I've had with Dre, like she's like, so when are you quitting your job? (laughs) And so when are you quitting? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, and a lot of it is because we're trying to build something and she's already started to make the transition. Um, But the other part of it is like, I think she genuinely sees how unhappy I am with my day to day in that particular space. Um, And so, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but some of the conversations that I'm having with myself are creating these boundaries around what I can and can't do as far as making that decision goes. Mm -hmm. Some financial commitments. Well, are they really things that I have to, you know, be focused on or can I find a way to maneuver around them? Um, I live on my own. What's the difference between living at home, living at home? How is that going to impact me? And so I'm certainly moving in a direction where there are some big choices that I have to make in short order and trying to navigate around that. Um, and I know Dre has already done that. And, and so, um, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely on the flip side where, um, like I said, I feel like ready to go. Don't really know what that actually means. And, you know, it kind of brings back to we were talking about like stuck in the physical and stuck like maybe more emotionally. And I feel like we're chasing a feeling more than anything than it is a physical destination. And so I think we both have an understanding of what that feeling is and where we've experienced that. And most recently had the experience over the holidays where Sean was off from his full-time job. I don't really work, so I'm just here all the time. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, yes, this is the opportunity. Like, let's work together on this. And there was a lot of progress. And I think we both felt really motivated, which is what prompted me to ask again this week where I'm like, when are you going to quit your job? Because you know, and a follow-up question would be like, what are you waiting for? Oh, good question. Yeah. Way to put me on the spot there. Um, I mean, sorry, with love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, the only thing that I am waiting for is, is like to be in a financial situation where I feel comfortable making that choice. Right. Like I've grown up, uh, in a family where, you know, security was an important thing. Both of my parents work for the government. Um, and now I work for the government. And so hearing the way they talk about making sure that you have your benefits, making sure that, you know, you don't lose your, um, retirement, I forget what it's called, pension, pension, pension. um, you know, all those things have been ingrained in me from such a long, for such a long time. And I certainly think that they're good things to have, but, Recently, I've started to really think about like, 
A, there's not one way to do those things. And then B, the way that I'm, I, I am right now, or the, the, the kind of uh, my reality doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way for me. Mm. And so trying to pay attention to those things, because again, I actually wonder how many of the conversations I'm having in my head are my own thoughts or others, the thoughts of others. Mm. I have a really, uh, like key point that I wanted to touch on just cause you spoke about your parents and like them working for the government and, you know, like valuing security and all that. I've been reading this book that's like called the million millionaire mindset or something like that. I forget the author, but he talks about how each one of us comes with a financial blueprint and that is based off of how your parents perceive money and security and what that looked like. And he goes on to describe the difference between like a poor, a middle class and like a rich mindset um, and how, you know, the rich are always looking at investments and the rich are like, oh, there's always going to be a way. Whereas the poor are very so or middle class are very tied to this is all I can have or um, this is the only way. Yeah. I think even like another book, rich dad, poor, rich dad, poor dad, dad. I I think so also talks about some of these, these concepts, but it reminded me when you were talking about it, because that exactly that question, like, you know, if, if the financial security is getting in the way, well, are there other ways to like move past Mm -hmm. that? Or is it actually what's holding you back? Or is it other ways? Like, it reminds me of our past conversation about attachment and you're clearly very attached to money as the security blanket. Mm-hmm. And so what are some other ways that you can learn to one detach from that? And where else can you find that? Before, before you answer that, it just brings up something that I've like something I was listening to this week about a creative who essentially like in, uh, invented selfie mode and mm. kind of did that for like urge early blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so for context, he did a selfie of him when he was seated, like a first pair of Yeezys and like Nike Yeezys. Mm-hmm. So it kind of blew up because he took a selfie of him dunking. This is, I guess, 2013, I want to say. So he talks about how he went to Europe with like $200 in his bank account. I think he's from New York mm-hmm. so he, or LA, LA, $200 in his bank account. And he had took a trip to Europe like for a month. So he went to Europe for a month. He's like, trip's paid for. So... I know the company's going to fly me there and fly me back. At the mm. very least, I have that. I don't know where I'm going to stay, but he's like, I can figure out where to get jobs and what to do when I'm over there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, the the interviewer was just like, there's no way I would have made that decision. But, you know, I, there's, I just couldn't. I can't, I can't justify that. Whereas this guy's like, yeah, like, when am I going to go to Europe for a month? And like, mm-hmm. I'll figure it out, right? I'm going to figure that out somewhere, right? And it's what what are you willing to compromise or what are you willing to do for that? Right. The trade-off is you go to Europe for a month, but like you might not eat and he might not have a place to stay when he or stay or sleep. But he, his mindset was to figure it out. But like, I guess not everybody's comfortable doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, the, the, the irony is that I did that exact same thing <laughs> when I was, when I finished university, I found a one way flight from Toronto to Florence for 200 bucks. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. so <laughs> yeah. I I booked it, and I I just Rightly I was so. I was working retail at the time, and I was like, so I'm gone. Mm-hmm. See you later. Um, I don't know when I'm coming back, um, and it's cool if you don't keep the job for me. I went with the, <laughs> the money that I had in my bank account, and I traveled the country for I think it was like a month cool. before I ran out of money, um, but. So I've done it before. Yes. I like I I know that it's possible. So I don't know what's what's happened to me other than the DUI afterwards mm. where all of a sudden life was kind of dictated for me for a little bit of time and I think maybe I've stayed in that lane and I haven't kind of pulled myself into what is actually possible for me now. Oh, that's a good point. It's mm. a very good point. Because once you put a limitation on it, and it's like a very physical restriction mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, it's comfortable. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, you, you, you're you safe, right? You have to stay within that lane because you don't want to create anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So understanding and knowing that, you're like, okay. And then once you get into the the routine of it, good, like, good luck getting out, right? You're, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's certainly like 
I hadn't thought about it that way until we started having this conversation, but like, I always knew that the DUI impacted me in a lot of ways, like specifically in my personal life. Like I started surrounding myself with different people. I realized that how I was spending my time was not actually bringing value to my life, specifically some, some of those people. Um, and actually it came up in therapy this week that a lot of those decisions were, came from a need to want to belong. Like I wanted to belong somewhere. I struggled with that in my teenage years. I actually was having some self thoughts this week that like I journaled about where like, I still don't know that I've actually found my tribe. I have people in my life that I love and I do things that I love, um, new experiences, things like that. And I go in there with the intent to find a a new tribe or to find somewhere where I belong. But more often than not, I just feel like there's a part of me that's connected here, but not all of me. And so trying to find that um, for, again, my whole life, when we're talking about, am I stuck? Like, I'm still searching in that aspect. Um, but yeah, that sorry, that took you on a tangent a little bit, but uh, it just came up for me. No, I think it's, I think it's valid um, because I do think part of feeling unstuck can be the people around you right I think that's like Mm -hmm. us going back to it being a feeling I think the people who are in your life are part of you knowing you're going somewhere so if we go back to driving the car like you might not feel stuck if Dre's driving the car and knows the directions because you're moving you're moving forward and you're like headed towards something I would say that's a fair statement and I would actually say that that's a good chunk of how our working relationship works because I think mm-hmm. I've always looked at Dre mm-hmm. as the person who has the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not how my mind works mm-hmm. in this space. I also feel like I don't feel like I deserve to have the vision again. Like we're talking about self-talk. We're talking about imposter syndrome. Like we're entering spaces where Dre has been in since she was a teenager and I'm entering in my thirties. So I don't, I, I trust her, I guess, in a lot of ways to say like, this is how we should do this, or this is the direction that we should go. This is what I'm seeing in my mind. So I'm comfortable being the passenger. Um, but there are also moments where I want to be the driver. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we had a conversation yesterday where I'm like, like, let's do this collaboratively versus let's do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I want us to feel like we're working together. I don't want to feel like we're not right. Yeah, of course. I think that's a healthy, like anything in in any healthy relationship or partnership, like the contribution pieces are Mm -hmm. equal in whatever way equal looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. However, that's defined. Um, but that was, you mentioned something about, um, letting Dre drive and seeing the vision, Mm -hmm. um, and knowing like what that looks like. Right. And, and I think one thing that, um, and this came up in a previous episode where something Dre's mentioned is she has like a framework of what, who herself is. And she knows what that is. And I mm. think that the list, yes, her list. Yeah. And that's something I definitely think about when I feel about, when I think about being, feeling stuck, right? Because yeah. feeling stuck is, it's a feeling, mm-hmm. but what helps you know what direction when there's no direction at all, right? Like what's your North star and um, your list to me is something I think that's so valuable in terms of guidance because it's like, just trust your list of who you are Mm -hmm. and who you are and your values that are very true to you are going to guide you to what direction you're supposed to take. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and what I hear from you, Sean, even just talking about like, Oh, the self-talk and whatnot. It's like, Oh, you're still trying to figure out your list. So mm-hmm. the direction's not as clear as someone like Dre's where she's the one who told us about the list, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely have my moments, that's for of sure. Course. Absolutely, as everyone, as anyone does. But it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend yesterday. Um, and she was talking about values, mm-hmm. like, you know, making decisions based on your values, putting boundaries in place based on your values, whatever it is. Um, and I was telling her about how I was feeling like really, really stuck. And she was like, well, Dre, like what if maybe this portion of your life is, you know, you're calling it a plateau. You're saying that you're stuck, but like, she's like, what if it's supposed to teach you patience? 
because you're always on the move, because you're always on to the next thing, because you're always go, 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 go. Like, what if this period in your life is supposed to be teaching you that? She's like, the other thing that I'm hearing, because I've, like, talked about signing up for courses, because I'm kind of just trying to figure out, like, where am I going and what's mm-hmm. next here? And I've been reflecting on that a lot of the things that I'm gravitating towards now are things that I enjoyed when I was younger. So things like photography, I have an interest in like art direction and, and styling and stuff like mm-hmm. that that I really moved away from. I don't even know why, um, but here we are. And so she was like, like maybe it's also experimental for you too. She's like, maybe it's not a plateau. Maybe you're just experimenting what do you like what do you not like like what fills you up what doesn't and she's like at the end of the day you're collecting data on yourself Mm -hmm. she's like it's all data she's like okay i did this thing and i didn't like it okay that's data that i've collected about myself that i'm not going to put myself in that position again or i'm not going to do that particular activity again because um I've, i've been there i've experienced it and i'm good it wasn't for me so I just love this concept of one of it being experimental two teaching me patience because I absolutely think that's necessary. And the third piece, which we kind of talked about a little bit, is this, you know, I'm the type of person, I know she's the type of person that will always figure it out. And she's like, sometimes that's enough. She's like, that's actually more than enough. Just you knowing that you're the type of person that will figure it out already, she said, like, should hope that it gives you that security that you're going to be fine Done. at the end of the day. That's it. I think yeah. that's a big piece because, and I think that really speaks to me because in the conversations mm-hmm. I've had about feeling stuck, why I don't feel bad about it or mm. just a certain way is because I know the, like knowing, I, I'm, yeah. I feel very confident knowing that what, why I'm stuck or what is going on. It's like, oh, that piece is very, to me, that's what I need to feel secure about it because mm-hmm. once I know that, then I know what direction I need to go back into. And I know yeah. what needs to be done. I need, I know kind of everything else from that point. Right. And that's, I think that's such an important factor. It's like knowing, I guess, who you are, what that, what, what you need and what your values are. And then mm-hmm. from there again, the trajectory just, it, it feels very clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like listening to you guys talk about that because if I'm being honest, that's not my experience. Like I don't, I'm, I've constantly felt like I'm trying to figure out who I am and you know, when I was younger and I was a teenager getting bullied and things like that, like for me, I learned to be Switzerland. I learned Mm. that if you just choose to be neutral, you're not going to piss anybody off and you're not going to have anybody like, you know, celebrate you. You're just kind of in the middle. Everybody's happy that way. And so I kind of adapted to my environments in that sense. And that got me through high school, uh, elementary school, things like that. But it's also affected me into my adult life to the point where I try to please everybody and I try to make sure everybody else is happy over myself. And so, you know, I've always been an emotional person. I've always, you know, connected with a lot of, you know, sensitive things and, and, you know, themes of that nature. And yet I find only now in my adult life am I choosing to want to maybe showcase that part of me a bit more. And so when I think about you guys leaning into who you are and that's your security blanket, I actually am just kind of starting to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Another piece of that is like I have, at least for myself, I don't know about you, Petty, but like I have the space to do that. And I think because there's so much fear of being on this other side that's opposite to you, it's kind of all I have to do right now is to figure out what's what's next, what I like, what do I not like, and like really lean into that because I don't have a full-time job. I don't have these like things that are really keeping me in place like they once were. And it's like the only thing I have to like hang on to in a sense is that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, for me... I actually journaled last night in preparation for this. And like the first line was like, I'm anxious and nervous for tomorrow. And my reason was, I don't think I'm going to be as thoughtful as Dre was the last time we recorded. That was, that was what came to mind for me. And so I was, I was anxious, but when Dre talks about like, all I have now is the time to sit and reflect on these things and I'm struggling to get through the day. And it's like, I just spoke to how much I'm loving my list, but it's still also just check, 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 check. Like, where's the time for me to sit and think and be with my feelings? Um, 
so that maybe I can start to, you know, feel a bit more like Dre's mm -hmm. feeling or meet her halfway as far as like our working relationship goes. Mm -hmm. See, that's so interesting because um, kind of what you guys like knowing both of you and seeing this, the working relationship, what you guys bring is very different, right? So mm -hmm. completely again, with that, it's like the hard part is the comparison. And that's again, a totally different thing to unpack. But uh, also knowing that what you bring and what you, yeah, what you bring is, is different and what you need might be way less than Dre's. Like maybe that time, like you don't need as much time that Dre has to sit and think about what you need to do. And maybe you're better doing it, like having a full day in that way, streamlining it in a different sense, right? So it's like, oh, maybe Dre knows the direction and how to get up the mountain, but you're the one who actually has the right shoes and the walking poles and like mm -hmm. the stuff that you need, where she like, might, it might actually make that trip more efficient for both of you. And it's like, oh, that's the insight and the knowledge. And you're like, oh, that's very useful. Yeah, because, no, right? for sure. And I yeah. think, I think uh, you know, we've acknowledged that in conversations that we've had. And like, I think that's why the relationship has worked so well. Like we barely, like, I don't think we've even had a blow up, right? Like it's like, if something bothers one of us, we have a conversation, that's it, we move forward. But like, there's been no tension, I think, in, in the relationship you know, at a high level. Um, but I also see Dre now wanting to, you know, take on some of these other things and learn for herself. Mm -hmm. And I'm also trying to figure out, like, I may not need um, or feel like I need the time to sit and reflect, but I find myself craving it. And so I'm looking for those opportunities and trying to kind of carve out time to give myself that. So one of the things Dre brought up a while ago was she's like I like to sit in the silence in the morning and I hate the silence but I've been trying to get myself to do that and just sit there and like let my mind do some wild things mm -hmm. I've been having these insane dreams with like people so far out of my life that they're present now and I'm like why is this person like mm -hmm. making an appearance like what is this trying to to get me to look to so I mean I want it and that's part of the reason why I'm so looking forward to going away is because I'm going to have time to just do that in a space that's foreign to me where I'll be able to disconnect if I choose to and really take the time to get to know myself again. I said this to Dre a couple of weeks ago, like I feel called to really get to know myself. Her first question to me was like, what do you mean get to know yourself? Mm -hmm. But I think I asked like again. Again, yeah. I was yeah, like, why yeah. again? Yeah, because in my it. head, I was like, you're always learning about yourself. Like that was my perspective. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're always learning. Like it's, it's always happening, even if you're not like consciously looking at it. And yeah. so I think to me, I was like, it's happening. You're just not looking at it. You're not taking the time to look Fair. at it. What's it showing me? Mm -hmm. What's it teaching me? What's going on here? And that's where I think I, that's why I reacted the way that I did. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, what do you mean? Like called, to, called again when it's like you're always being called yeah. which which again i think it comes back to like what you need to know what you need to be able to feel like you've learned about yourself like mm -hmm. that looks different whereas like dre's approach is like i'm learning about myself right now right i just need the silence in the morning to, to like sit with it and be like yeah what did i learn today right or what yeah. did i learn yesterday whereas I feel like for yourself, Sean, you need to physically remove yourself or the need is to go somewhere and be in that space and get that space. And I think that's, I don't think there's a wrong or right way. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that actually connects with you, right? And I think that's an important piece for it is like, okay, that's the way you learn best, right? And Dre's, it's her way's a little simpler you don't actually have to travel anywhere it's like here right yeah. well um, although i crave that yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely crave it absolutely but, well what i was gonna say is um again kind of coming back to the piece that like sometimes I, I guess i feel i don't have the option like i don't have like i've made certain sacrifices to get to where i am now mm -hmm. and like we've talked about that impacts other areas of your life and so things that Nate maybe I, I would be like Sean and I'm like I'm gonna go for a month and I'm just gonna like soak it all up and it's gonna be amazing and then come back and you know get back into my rut or whatever but it's like forcing me to figure it out in the environments that I wouldn't have wanted to figure it out in before yes because I have no other choice yeah yes. so that was gonna be my next point was that my therapist also we had a conversation early on and she was like what are the things you do to like, uh, you know, f for your mental health, like things like that. 
and all the things I started listing. And I was like, well, I do this, I do that. I travel, I journal, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you know, the majority of what you've listed are escape tactics. <laughs> and so I love like to Dre's point though, like I can go anywhere to try to figure these yeah, things yeah. out, including here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guess what your mind does when you go somewhere? It comes with you. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right? And so in order for me to actually deal with this stuff, I need to stop trying to set myself up in the perfect environment to do these mm. things. And I need to make the conscious effort to do it. Stop making excuses for myself. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I've gotten to. Mm-hmm. It so happens that I'm going away. But I also know that it's up to me to actually make use of that time. Mm-hmm. 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 That's, Absolutely. It's a good therapist bar right there. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, your mind yeah. goes with you. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. true. And like as somebody who has an anxious personality and an anxious mind, like sometimes it's it's awful. I, I can't, I, it takes me an hour to fall asleep at night. That's not normal. I hate the people that can like three minutes out. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Hates the strong word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, like my mind has always been like my biggest competitor. Uh, so yeah, it's it's certainly the mind that has dictated a lot of my actions, my decisions, how I view things. And mm-hmm. sometimes like being able to remove yourself from that and actually think about like, is this actually how I feel? Is this actually what I want? Sometimes they're, they're not in alignment. Mm-mm. Cognitive dissonance. Um, that's what it's called. But <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. I was, again, same friend I was talking to yesterday where I was like, I feel like I want X, Y, and Z, yet I've had X, Y, and Z presented to me and I turned it all down because I was like, oh, that's not actually it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it's collecting data. So if that's not it and that's not it and that's not it, okay, then what is it? And I don't know the answer a lot of those times, but it's interesting how you do truly think that you want something when in actual fact, that's not actually it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you need to like get out of your mind and get into your body mm-hmm. and feel it. I think, yeah, that's actually something I wanted to, that, that's a good point. And I wanted to ask, like, I know Sean, what it was one of the things you listed, like physical, like activity or wellness, mm-hmm. like it's like that, is that, an, was that deemed an escape tactic? Because yeah. I think. Cause what I would do is I, I would, encounter something let's say a breakup and the first thing my reaction was to throw myself into the gym okay and i mean there are underlying issues there with body image from Mm -hmm. a young age um that i've struggled with even you know like i'm 34 and i still get self-conscious to take my shirt off at the beach like come on but it's uh it's certainly my reaction to dealing with stress but she's like all you're doing is again taking that stress with you to do something mm-hmm. but you're not actually dealing with it right mm-hmm. like you think you're dealing with it you think you're managing it but you're just bringing it with you and then it's coming back home with you mm-hmm. so what are you what are the things that you actually do to reflect i think like that's the key thing like what are you doing to acknowledge what's happened and figure out like what you need to either move past it or deal with it sometimes mm-hmm. things don't they don't leave you. They stay with you. So how do you manage it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to, yeah. Cause I was going to ask in terms of like knowing the gym or um, some sort of physical practice does help in times where it's like, if it's a mental thing that you're, you're kind of working through and it's the self-talk, like the negative self-talk that I remember you mentioned earlier where it's like, you can't do this or you can't do that. I know that from my experience doing something like physical fitness has helped change that because when you go through that whatever it is exercise or running or um on that journey there will be that negative talk like it Mm -hmm. sucks hurts Mm -hmm. it's painful but you doing it going through the physical motions of doing it and then kind of just kind of beating the self-talk in a way it helps you in the other aspects because you bring that you bring now that new positive reinforced version of who you are to the other aspects Right. Yeah. And and that's like when you, I guess, conquer, like win a workout in a way that is positive because I'm sure it spills into other areas. Yeah. So when, when I think about the gym and I think about like the physical aspect of it, like I think when you are dealing with stress or you're dealing with something that's like bothering you or it's traumatic, Mm 
going to the gym is good in the sense that like your physical body might be like tense and you're like helping release it, but it doesn't deal with like the underlying issues that caused the stress. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a huge differentiator. And then the second thing is, is like when you're talking about the run, that's why Dre and I like the cold exposures. Like mm -hmm. it forces you to be 100% present and it also forces you physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. I've been in the cold water for five, six minutes. I went in the last time for 30 seconds and I was like, not today. And I gave in to my mind, mm -hmm. but my body could have handled it. I mm -hmm. gave in to my mind. And then all I did the rest of the day was be mad at myself to the point where I almost went back to the water, mm -hmm. like in the evening to redo it by myself. Cause I was so mad. <laughs> Jeez. Right. I actually wanted to bring it back a little bit just because you know, you're, you're giving into your mind and the mind is normally controlling you. Like, isn't it kind of interesting or have you looked at, um, how you said that you used to be bullied and now you do that to yourself. That's all that was like sticking out to me. And it's like, I, I think it's because I was, um, I went to like a, a new moon ceremony and something that we were looking at was, you know, some themes in our life and looking at, you know, what are those themes? Who are the people that support those themes? And so for me, I was looking at, you know, unreliability or like inconsistency. And then she kind of hit me with that same bar and she's like, cool. So you pointing the finger at all these people that are unreliable and inconsistent they're like but where have you been unreliable and inconsistent and i was just like oh fuck like mm -hmm. because we're all capable of doing it like we're human For like sure. it's so easy to point the finger at somebody else but it's just really interesting how i'm sure bu being bullied is is a traumatic experience for you and you're almost like keeping yourself in that experience because you're just doing it to yourself over and over again mm -hmm. yeah I, i've never thought about it that way before but i certainly just hearing you call it out, like, sounds like everything I've been saying sounds like that, no? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it justifies the mm -hmm. previous traumatic experience, but, like, yeah. that person ain't doing it out no well, more, it, you know? And it's interesting, too. Like, when I get myself into certain scenarios, for example, like, the gym. I love the gym. I love being active. I like the way it, it makes me feel. But there has always been an underlying issue where I care about what people think or what I think they might be saying or whatever. Hmm. And I can't shake that. I literally was dealing with that this week where it's like, you know, I'm going through a body transformation and my mind kept wanting to go to like, what are people going to do? How are people going to react? Things like that. And I'm like, it, it shouldn't matter. But what, and I don't want it to matter, but why is my mind taking me there? And the frustration that comes up from trying to create separation or, or to remove that thought from my head. Mm -hmm. it's funny because I even I commented because you were talking about it yesterday and I said that's great and then I like quickly followed up because I was like well all that matters is if it's great for you because you know we all I'm sure struggle f with physical appearances and everything and I just remember like it actually doesn't feel nice personally when people comment on like my physical body whether it's like you've lost a lot of weight or you've gained it or whatever mm -hmm. you're looking fit like I just I just know that I can bend so much of that that I'd rather just not hear it at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why when like my immediate reaction was like, oh, that's great. Thinking that that would be great for Sean, but like maybe he actually doesn't see it that way or that's mm -hmm. not the response he was looking for. And so that's why I really quickly jumped in to try and like course correct that um, mm -hmm. very automatic response. Yeah, it, it's interesting because for me, that was one of the big things that I was bullied for was being overweight and so all of the teasing was about my body shape and so for me like I haven't been able to let that thing that piece go mm -hmm. and so when my mind starts to go to like well what are people going to say it's because I was traumatized with that being the thing and again it's just trying to figure out how to like create separation and let it go of course mm -hmm. but it's certainly like when I think about why I do certain things or the way that I talk to myself or, you know, even, even with the gym itself, like feeling stuck at the gym, like with my physical progress plateauing, mm -hmm. like you would say, like it comes up constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's why it's um like from my previous experience, previous experience as a coach, like that's the stuff, like just even to Dre's point, 
the hardest part is we comment on that, right? We comment on physical, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When we should actually be commenting and what we should be focusing on is the actual work being done, mm -hmm. right? So um, you don't necessarily, like it's, it's really hard to reframe that, but it's been something that I've done past for the past few years because I know we're not trying to compliment like someone's appearance because that there's actually no control over that right that only mm -hmm. feeds into that negative feedback loop um, and we don't know what we're doing good or harm mm -hmm. right what the comment should always be on is like oh I can see you're putting in work I can see you're doing something and that only furthers and reinforces that there is an effort there and that's what you want to comp compliment or speak about mm -hmm. because someone noticing that there are transformations or s there's change going on that's that's obviously positive because then you're like oh someone noticed right like that the work that is, went into yeah, exactly it. Yeah. someone knows the journey work over going. destination exactly and when you comment on that it's like oh it reinforces that like yeah, you are doing a good job. Like you are showing mm -hmm. up to the gym every day. Like you have been very disciplined and check the boxes. And over time, the physical stuff is a byproduct of the work that you're doing, mm -hmm. right? As much as it's always the focus and that's what people will think about and see, the mm -hmm. other stuff is what you are actually doing that you're full full control of. And that's what is allowing you to go through that. Mm -hmm. giving you that freedom right? well the common thread that i'm getting through all this different you know sharing and storytelling is that ties the plateau with the journey mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. maybe dre's meant to learn to be patient right now which means on being on the plateau you know understanding that everything's a work in progress we're mm -hmm. talking about body like it's not about the final body but it's about the things that lead to that at the end mm -hmm. the habits that we're creating I'm talking about tracking things like sleep, mood, mm -hmm. what am I doing every day? What are my goals for the day? Again, journey as opposed to like where it's going to take us in all three scenarios. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, to that point, like what is the final body? There, there isn't. There isn't, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's about... It's always changing. Exactly, right? Mm -hmm. And that it always comes back to what your values are at the time. So you're about to go away. So your body right now is like, there's a focus on what you want to go with, like, there's that focus and it's a higher focus for you mm -hmm. before you go away. But when you're there, I'm sure you're going to want to enjoy your food and mm -hmm. you're going to want to enjoy for your time. Sure. So that changes. And it's like, you can't expect to have that same like figure, whatever that is while you're also doing both. Right. Because yeah. they don't necessarily mat mesh mm -hmm. in a way they well, can, you can make stuff work, but like, again, it's like, they're kind of different, but it's one of those things that you are, just know knowing that you're like you're okay with that right it's like that's the difference and what i said to dre yesterday i was like you know she she was like like is this good for you like are, mm -hmm. do you how do you feel and i'm like i feel good and then my follow-up and this is the thing that i'm taking with me is that over everything it's taught me this this program that i'm following has taught me how important it is to just be active mm -hmm. as far as like throughout the day as mm -hmm. opposed to thinking one hour at the gym is cool. enough because I had the, the first two weeks, 10,000 steps, second two weeks, 15,000. Today's the first day of 20,000 steps. Mm -hmm. Just finding time to do that means breaking it up into different parts of the day. But what it's taught me is just how sedentary our lives have been mm -hmm. overall, but especially in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And the difference just adding in these steps can make to your, your daily, like how you feel about yourself and you know, how your body looks and things like that. It's a small thing. And so what I'm actually taking from this is not what the end result is. I'm taking like, what do I want to continue after these seven, eight weeks are up beyond that? It's mm -hmm. going to be morning walk, noon walk, evening walk, making sure that I get out there and I'm moving in addition to going to the gym. So it mm -hmm. sounds like you're not as stuck well, that's what I was going to get to. Right? I was like, I was going to ask. I was like, so are you stuck, Sean? Yes. That, cause that sounds like you have a plan and framework for afterwards. For that well. aspect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I certainly like, I know the first recording messed up, but I, I, I was definitely alluding to it that I feel different these days. Um, but I've also been consciously paying attention to the narratives that I'm telling myself, what stories I'm telling myself. Um, there's, room for growth there's room for all that stuff but I feel like you know again tying it back to the journey I'm actually putting in the things and putting the things in place that will help me be successful or lead me to 
whatever destination I'm trying to get to. Um, and I'm trying to rein myself in, uh, reel myself in from focusing so much on the destination because yeah. my frustration, I think a lot of the time in feeling stuck is that I'm trying to focus on this end thing and not knowing what the end thing is means that I'm spinning my tires. Mm -hmm. But if I can change my mindset to then focus on, well, what can I do today that will help me tomorrow, that will help me the next day, blah, 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 moving in that sense in all aspects of life, then maybe it won't feel, I won't feel so stuck. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, the tires thing is a really good analogy that I see, like I can just visualize it because um, obviously the past two weeks we've gotten a lot of snow mm -hmm. and there's a lot of cars that I saw get stuck, mm -hmm. right? So when you're driving, um, it's most like the default thing in the in the snow when you're stuck is to like hit the gas hard yes right it's actually the like opposite mm -hmm. right so when you're stuck it. when you're stuck in the snow you're supposed to move as slowly as possible because you're supposed to allow the tires to, to get grip, a grip to get a grip so it's like oh you're supposed to just touch it so that you can get the wheels moving and then from there once the wheels get a grip and start moving then you can go right so we want to like hit the gas really hard because like that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to get there but it's like mm -hmm. actually you might just like it sounds like you're just tapping and then slowly things are rolling and it's then that rocking back and forth that's it but see that's that's the physical analogy that i see that i'm like that's what we want to do we want to hit the gas and we're stuck it makes us more stuck in the snow mm -hmm. unless so you either need people to help push you out or you need something to change there but the actual key is to just like tap and then let it move and let the momentum like just trust that it will help and then the momentum eventually helps you get out mm -hmm. right yeah you don't normally just like start with motivation like you have to start with a bit of an action and get like moving and then the motivation builds to keep going exactly. that's how my last exactly. few weeks have felt yeah a hundred percent yes yeah it's just like i i was saying to dre she still doesn't get it but i'm like i bought a bullet journal and i'm using it <laughs> and she's like i don't understand and i'm like i don't know but it's working for me mm -hmm. and it was literally again just saying I'm going to do these things and then checking them off. And then mm -hmm. now I feel like I have some momentum and that's Absolutely. it. That's literally all it's been. So it didn't start with the motivation. No. Mm -hmm. Motivate that the lack of motivation was like what I was like, nope, this has to change. Mm -hmm. And then I, I feel like I'm getting the momentum. Mm -hmm. mm. I feel like I don't understand the bullet journal. I think because I'm somebody who does that stuff already. Yes. Yes. And so yes. I was like, yes. I don't really understand. I was I, like, yeah, it's like a checklist. You're checking stuff <laughs> off. Whatever didn't get checked off gets carried to the next day. Like I was like, I'm not understanding what's going on here to the point where I finally just said, if it's working for you, that's great. <laughs> that's all that matters. Like I don't have to get it, nor do I have to use it when I've already had my own system. But for someone who is very like disorganized, sorry, Sean, no, but you know, it needs facts. to get organized. If that's the system that's working for you, then that that's all that matters and, and we'll benefit from it together. That's, As someone that's who can completely, un completely understand where Sean's <laughs> coming from and knows that those are things and systems that work for me. Yeah. I get it. I'm yeah. like, yes, when you get that traction, you get that like structure of a process and organization. You're like, this is all I needed. Right. It's been it's incredible it. for me. It's and so simple. And it's so yes. simple. And it's, but I think like you, the key thing you said is it's a system. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a yes. system. Uh, and so I've always been someone who, if I go to the gym and you lay out the workout, I will get through that thing and yes. not have to worry about anything else. When I've been at home trying to put a workout together for me has been a nightmare. And so just having that structure in place makes the difference for yeah. me. And Dre already has that, right? Yeah. You have the structure. It's her you head. Have it. Yeah, yes. it's my head. That's why I was like, I'm really not getting this. Like, I, mm -hmm. I even watched a video, like, on how the bullet journal, like, systems work and how there's, mm -hmm. like, you can do it for different aspects of your life, not necessarily mm -hmm. just work. And I was like, yeah, I get it, like, kind of. But I was like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't fully get it. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know cool, what? great. The, the thing that we will take is, like, that answer and that response is, like, okay, cool. It's working for you. Like, just keep doing That's it. That's why I stopped. It's, I was like, I'm... If I don't get it, I don't get it. That's yeah. what's important because that, that support in a way, like as much as it's just like, okay, cool. Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's important because like, you know, you see it 
often enough where you're like, oh, that's like, that's just another system, blah, blah, where it's like, it's working, right? It's like yeah. clearly something yeah. that you need. And I'm like, as someone similar, um, who I also can, can say is disorganized, I'm like, yeah, I, I know when you get it right. And mm-hmm. all the times when I feel very um, focused and structured are when I have the same systems. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need the journal. I need that like kind of daily checks. Like I'm someone who actually needs things laid out. Like mm-hmm. I need visual cues um to see to to remind myself to do things like in the bathroom i like having like things out so i can see where they are so i remember what to do every day yeah you know whereas most people are like you don't remember it's like no i need the visual cue yeah Mm -hmm. well and i I think to like put a bow on the conversation like for me the being able to organize things in this sense allows me to not be sitting with the thoughts in my head of, I know I have to do this thing and letting that lead me to resistance of not actually following through Mm -hmm. or not feeling motivated to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I look and I break it down into smaller chunks and I'm like, this is what I have to do today. That's it. Focus Mm -hmm. on today. It's a lot easier to get the task accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're not flooded by all the things. Like that's where I find compartmentalization is actually helpful is because you're like, today's this day, this is the focus, that's it. Tomorrow's another day where I focus on something Mm -hmm. else. And like, I think, you know, this checklist is beneficial. It can also be detrimental when you get into a habit where you're like, I'm just looking to check things off my list and make it long, 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 long. And it's like, well, you've, (laughs) yeah, well, it's like, well, now it's not really serving the purpose that it once was. Like you're not doing it to achieve the most important things. You're doing it now to just check as many things off your list. Mm -hmm. And so I think definitely trying to like limit how many tasks that you're doing in a day, just like how people say limit the amount of um, like decisions you make in Mm -hmm. a day. It's just like the same sort of mentality Mm -hmm. i find that i put like one or two high level things and Mm -hmm. then throughout the day if something comes up that i need to do then i add it to it but i don't just like list a a huge amount of things it's like Mm -hmm. i want to at least do a and b and then if i accomplish a and b then maybe i'll add c and d Mm -hmm. but i don't have to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely so it sounds like we've kind of just listed some of the techniques of what works what works for us us. yeah yeah um i think and being open to trying these things Mm -hmm. i think is Mm -hmm. is key to application over you know one of the actually quickly before um when you were talking about some of the things you were talking about petty one thing that came to mind for me was um a friend a common friend between the three of us posted something on social the other day and it was like looking at self-help application versus just like doing it Mm -hmm. and the differences of like reading all the self-help books reading them and applying them like the Mm -hmm. difference between like theory and action i felt that post yeah (laughs) that might be be saved yeah (laughs) it it was saved for me too (laughs) and and Mm -hmm. so that was that was another like moment for me where i was like okay so i looked at some of the the theoretical things and i was like I definitely have seen myself doing some of these things in the past. But then as I looked at the application thing, I said, this feels more like me today. And I want to make sure that it stays. Mm-hmm. And it's finding that, finding the system, I guess, the process that allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like knowing what you need, knowing who you are to figure out what you need. And then from there, figuring out what allows you to get that. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. Jerry was saying her system's different, but she needs something different than what you or I might need. And uh, it works, right? Mm -hmm. As long as things are getting done, we all have the same objectives or we know what our objectives are and they're very clear, whatever works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think something that we talked about in some of the other episodes was this idea of like, what's keeping you grounded. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, hanging on to like systems or processes in some way, like keep you grounded when your mind is everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Yeah, stoicism, control what you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes, that really resonates because I was talking to someone recently about like, I feel very calm in very high stress situations Mm. and that's because that's the focus. Like as soon as I get to a high stress situation, that's always what I focus on. It's like, all right, 
things are on fire. <laughs> so what can I do right now? You know, it's, things are not avoidable. It's like, yeah. okay, we know it's hot. So like, what can we actually control that does contribute in a way? And yeah. that's like control what you can control right? in a very high level way. Mm. Cool. So one cool. more time. Are you actually stuck, Sean? I don't think so. I think it comes down to how I speak to myself and I think I need to be listen to my thoughts but I don't necessarily have to listen air quotes feel them yeah oh yeah that's what I was saying get out of your head and into your body yes that presence because yeah like just like say something out loud and be like how did I feel about that does that feel right nope okay moving on trying something else I like that that is great yeah so when are you quitting your job? I was going to get that too. I was going to be like, and the follow-up after that is, when are you quitting your job, Sean? And cut. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the off-season. Until next time, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to continue the conversation with us on Instagram at offseason.to. Talk soon.